Welcome to the first ever Vitaly Spotlight Podcast. My name is Zach Vitiello and I'm the creative director here at Vitaly. We're going to be using this podcast as a platform to bring attention to some of the wildly talented individuals we have the pleasure of working with here at Vitaly, whether they're a photographer, a fine artist, a musician, or anything in between. Today, I'm joined at the Vitaly office by Isabel Okoro, an 18-year-old photographer originally from Lagos, Nigeria, who now calls Toronto her home. Isabel's work is exceptionally stunning, featuring warm tones that feel richer and denser than anything you'd ever find in real life. Her purposefully underexposed images come across like a love letter to the city of Lagos and the people that live there. Her work has been featured in ID Magazine on several occasions, and we were fortunate enough to have her shoot a gorgeous editorial to accompany this podcast. Thanks for joining us, Isabel, and welcome to our first ever episode. Thanks for having me. Okay, so without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Awesome. I want to start by talking about how you got into photography and developed your own unique perspective at such a young age. Most people haven't even found something they're passionate about at age 18, yet alone have had the time to develop an actual skill. So was photography something that you discovered in Nigeria or here in Toronto? When I was in high school in Nigeria, I had a friend and she had a camera which she brought to school. And we were just taking photos of everyone, like all our friends. But then she left the school that we were in together and I didn't I didn't have a camera anymore. But when I moved to Toronto, I got my first camera and then I was in a high school that had a lot of Nigerians, a lot of Africans, like just a lot of like international students. So then I started to think a lot about like my experience as like a young person away from home, mostly alone. And I decided like I wanted to document that. So I started taking photos of my friends. I started taking photos of like the things that were around me, things that I saw every day. And then like after a few months, that just led me to find something I was really passionate about, I guess. I started wanting to know more about like the process of photography and like how to approach things and what I wanted my work to look like. What's it like being a young creative in Lagos right now? I know that the city has this really, really young population. Something like 60% of the population is under the age of 30, which is just crazy to me. So does that really like impact the way that young creatives are, are kind of coming about now? There are a lot of young people in Lagos right now that are like fighting for their voice and fighting for their right to do what they love. Because, like, the way our country is and the way, like, we were, like, brought up and raised, it was, like, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. Like, our parents really didn't value being a creative or being your Did your parents support you in in this adventure that you're on right now to become a creative or? I mean, right now they support me because they see, like, it's something I actually care about and it's something, like, they see the work and they see it's, it's going somewhere, I guess. But they've been skeptical about it and I feel like they, they're they happy because I'm doing it and I'm still like in uni- university, I'm still like getting my degree, you know. So like they just see it as a hobby or like a side thing. Right. They, it's, it's fine with them, keeping me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know how good you actually are. <laughs> so how long have you lived here in Toronto and how often are you going back and forth to Lagos? I've lived in Toronto for like three, three or four years now. Actually, when I said I went to high school, I went to high school in Hamilton, which is like an hour away from Toronto. So I've lived in Toronto for like three years now. For the first like two years I was here, I was going back every summer and every Christmas. But then since last year, I started going back like just 
for the Christmas. I feel like not a week goes by uh, where I don't see an article about the booming creative scene in Lagos. In recent memory, the city's art, music, and fashion scenes have all been covered by everyone from Hypebeast and High Snobiety to the New York Times and The Economist. I'm just wondering if you feel like a certain amount of pressure to live up to the hype that's swirling around the Lagos creative scene right now. I mean, for me personally, I don't feel any sort of pressure because I don't feel like I have to give in to like the Western gaze. So many times the people covering the stories or the people like writing the articles, they're only like scratching the surface. They're not necessarily like putting anything into the scene or like helping artists like actually get to the next level commissioning and stuff. So like, I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I just like, I see it and I appreciate the fact that it's happening. I appreciate the fact that like they're telling our stories, but like at the same time, there's some publications in Lagos too that I feel like should should get the attention for telling our stories. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, on the flip side of that, then, now that you're here living in Toronto, do you feel pressure to kind of tell those stories to the people that you connect with in the creative community here? Like, are you going around, like, kind of amping up Lagos and, and like, all the people that you know back home? I mean, I want to show people the beauty and where I come from, definitely. But at the same time, I want to show the people back home what life is like here in the Western world too. Like when people talk about like immigrants moving to another country, it's usually like in search for a better life. But like, I also want to show like there's more to that because like, for instance, like black people here have to deal with like racism and stuff. So like there's a whole different like dynamic to my identity, I feel. And like, I'm trying to make work that like shows both sides. So like shows the beauty of Lagos while also showing the beauty of like the black experience that exists out in the diaspora. I'm just going to jump to to something then that I was thinking about. Like, obviously, um, you use a lot of people of color as subjects yeah. in your art. I certainly sense the intimacy and that shared experience that you were talking about yeah. with that you create with your subjects. And I was just wondering if this is something that you kind of strive for in your work intentionally. I mean, I feel like we can only ever really properly tell our stories and like not anyone else's. So when I make work, I try my best to cast people who look like me because I know like I can make them look beautiful in a way that like no one else might be able to. And I really strive for the normalization of like regular black kids, like just doing the normal things you know because like sometimes I feel like when it comes to like being black being a person of color being a woman like too much emphasis has been placed on like the otherness of everything and like not enough has been placed on like the humanity so I try to make work that shows like the more human side of things like and like regular things too so like just like boys playing basketball or like girls uh, playing at the park or just like being with friends and what it means to like just be a normal kid growing up wherever you're growing up and like that experience yeah right yeah just like showing this, the experiences that you've had and exactly. com communicating them in a way exactly. that like makes it into something beautiful that everybody can relate to that kind of is like the perfect segue into talking a little bit about your photographic style so obviously you shoot exclusively on 120 millimeter film which already has this like very ethereal beautiful dreamlike quality but um 
a couple of things that I've also noticed about your work. One thing is that it seems like you almost purposefully underexpose your images sometimes. Mm. I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that decision um, from an artistic standpoint. I like to work a lot with the sun and I like to place emphasis on the shadows that come from the sun. That's just an idea I've been playing with in a lot of my work. So like I would photograph people like backing the sun because I like when the sun hits like skin, especially like brown skin and like reflects and it's like golden. So that's something I've been doing a lot recently. Especially since you're from a place where there's always there's sunshine. There's always sun, exactly. <laughs> And like, Unlike here, where it's cold and gray oh most god. of the time. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even like. I don't even like thinking about like the difference in, in weather. <laughs> it it fucks with me. But but what you were saying, like that's definitely what I get. You get these these really rich, dense um, colors and shadows when you mm -hmm. underexpose your images like that, and it's something that like stylistically seems really mature to mm -hmm. me to have like made that choice so young and and so early on in your career. It's something that's like. You know, I can immediately recognize it in, in your work, which is really cool. The other thing that I also notice is the way that you use symmetry, positioning bodies to create these like really interesting eye catching compositions. I almost get the sense that like you've drawn this out on like a napkin before you go to the shoe. Like you, it's almost like everything is placed in such a way. I can only imagine that you had the idea before yeah. you started shooting it. That's a, that's a really great observation because that's something like i actually put a lot of thought into that a lot of like it's not something that like the average person just like sees and like takes in especially like on instagram you know people are just scrolling but like i think it's really cool that you notice that because i like things to look good i like things <laughs> to look like in order so i like my photos to be aligned sometimes i'm lucky and let's say I'm shooting at a park and the tree is brown and green. And then I'm shooting two girls and they're wearing brown and green. I'm just lucky like that. Yeah. I like shooting like <laughs> opposing colors against each other. I just like like little things that stand out in the composition that are like subtle. But when you see everything as a whole in the photograph, it like just completes everything, sets the mood, makes everything look nice. So when you're not shooting though, you're in university for psychology and neuroscience. And I was just kind of curious as to how those two things work together. Like how are your studies influencing your work, if at all? Neuroscience, not, not so much, I guess, because neuroscience is more like research and the brain and stuff, the <laughs> biology, but... Something I know literally nothing about. <laughs> One thing psychology has taught me is how to convey the use of emotion in my photographs. And in a lot of my photos, funny enough, someone said to me, why is like no one ever smiling in, in your photos? Like everyone's face is always like stoic and very like, you know, I like to take photographs of people the way they see themselves. And that's something like psychology kind of informed my decision on because when you photograph people in a way that shows them how they see themselves, it's just more honest and the photo just feels better to me. And so a lot of the time when I ask people to pose for photographs, I take I take the photo how they pose for the photograph. And like people like don't like yeah. smiling. Yeah, like, just people want to hold people themselves just wanna, tall. They exactly. want to feel, they they wanna wanna feel, feel strong. Yeah. Exactly. They want to feel like that moment, you know, like because in a lot of like period art. In a yeah, lot it was, of, I, like, like Renaissance, Renaissance art. Yeah. art. Exactly. It's like there's also know, a tradition of that in like African art as well, you know, exactly. with like African statue and stuff. Definitely. It's all about the pose. It's and all like, about the posture. And there's like a nobility it's all about everything. to it all, right? Definitely. So like 
that's how people want to see themselves. So that's how I photograph them. But I still try to get out some emotion. So like I would like focus on the eyes or I would like, I don't know. And that's all just from taking that's psychology. All, that's interesting. That's cause from taking psychology. One thing that I keep seeing up that like keeps coming up whenever I hear about the youth generation in Lagos when it's like in reference to the creative community is this word alte, yeah. which from what I gather just essentially means like this young like internet generation who lives a very alternative lifestyle to the norm and kind of expresses their individuality through clothes and music. And what I'm wondering though, is like how the Altai community stands out um, from like the general population in Lagos and what the older generation's attitude is towards them. Like, are they, do people like them? Do people not like them? Like what's the vibe like in Lagos right now? That's like, that's a great question. Cause I, I fucking hate the word. Like I hate the word alte because like basically it was like it was coined by this group called DRB and they were like a rap group when I was in like secondary school. So I was like 12, 13 and these are the kids. They were like 19, 20. They were making music like everyone my age was fucking with it. Like they were like the thing, you know, they were th- they were doing sold out shows in Lagos before like before. And is that just because it was different? There yeah, was like, they're just like just completely different than the mainstream music. Yeah, at the, at the exactly. Because it was like they weren't making like Afrobeats. They were making like rap, and like right. sometimes they would have elements of Afrobeat, but mostly it was like rap that sounded like from the Western world, right, you know. Right, right. So like they coined the term alte, and then a few years like later, like four or five years later, like a whole new group of kids like emerged at the same time, and they were all like making music that didn't sound like regular afro beats right. even though like it would have some elements but like it just didn't sound like what you would hear on the radio every day they were dressing different they were like doing shows in different ways they were doing shit like ways that like the older generation like just they just weren't doing it they were taking advantage of like new internet culture like twitter instagram right, right, right. having a fan base going viral stuff like that and so like it's interesting though because it sort of sounds like you know all of these influences from the western world mm-hmm. it's just like what we've seen with instagram kind of like the homogenization of exactly. like culture and trends and like it can reach as far yeah. away as yeah. somewhere like lagos Definitely. and make its influence there Definitely. um so what does the older generation think of like, of like this younger this kind of like youth movement like they criticize it because yeah. they just are they pretty reserved in Nigeria? Yeah. Like the the older They're, generation, it's the the culture is pretty reserved, like very reserved. So like they just they criticize it because they they just don't understand it. And the thing in Nigeria is they don't like anyone who dares to be different. Once right. you're different, like it's like okay, this person is different. So like they don't understand that this is literally just kids who decided that we're not gonna sit in offices like every day no offense to people who sit in offices but like we're not gonna like go to like school to be doctors and lawyers like we're gonna be rock stars we're gonna be like artists we're gonna do whatever we want to do and so they criticize it but that's fine because i think the kids who classify themselves as alti i don't think they care but like the reason i hate the word i just hate what what has become of it and how like they use the word to sort of like box everyone who's doing sounds to me kind of like the word hipster got used here you're taking this kids from one box and you're putting them in another box and so yeah i hate what's become of the word it's almost like a word that means expression 
and like being different and being yourself and then putting a word on it is actually like boxing it all in completely and actually like doesn't allow the people to be as free as what they're trying to express which is really too bad Definitely, it kind of like makes me think of this thing that i was reading about how hustle is like a really big part of of like the nigerian culture like this Mm -hmm. word hustle in a different almost has a different sense than the way that we think of it like almost like a way of life like this kind of mixture of hard work imagination and this like eternal sense of optimism and it sounds like that is kind of like one of the driving forces of this Alte community. It's like Definitely. this ability to be like, I can actually rise above this kind of like super reserved community mm-hmm. that I've come from and like actually do something different. But it's interesting to hear you say that they're just getting put back yeah. into another box anyways. It, it sucks, honestly. And like... But do you think that's something that just changes with time and it's just going to take a while? Or? Honestly, I think so. I think it's I think it's one of those things that like with time when people start to see like the real impacts they will start to appreciate the culture and what the kids are doing. Yeah. And with regards to what you said about like hustling, like Nigerians I I always see like Nigerians are masters in suffering and smiling. It's just it's just a way of life. So like people always want to be happy even though there's literally literally nothing to be happy about that's just like that's that's how everything is and i feel like that's one of the the core values in the alte community like just trying to make the most of whatever situations you find yourself in the title of the spotlight editorial that you shot for vitaly you titled it generation xxx which was like a nice nod to our xxx ring which actually had like a really great feature in the story but i couldn't help but feel like there's more to the title than that like this underlying sense of like the youth generation and the perception that they have in the community there the word xxx obviously connotes like something that is forbidden something Mm -hmm. that is off limits and like calling them generation xxx makes it sound like they're almost like outcasts yeah and i was just wondering if that's sort of how you feel about the kids that you shot in in that story yeah i feel like the kids i shot in the story like i casted some some are my friends and some are just like cool people photographers like musicians like stylists models just different people different kids in lagos like doing stuff against the norm and like being themselves and when when i wanted to shoot for vitaly i knew i wanted to shoot young people and i knew that something i've been trying a lot to like explore in my work is the idea of like legacy and what it means to be a young person and have other young people like look up to you so i decided i was gonna do an editorial called generation xxx which is like also a nod to mason 2500 He's one of the people that was in the editorial. Generation XXX was the title of one of his albums. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's one of the kids from there, like, doing their own thing and, like, daring to be different. And I, I, like, I think a lot of young people look up to Mason and, like, he has so many fans. Like, I'm such a fan. I'm How a old big, is he? He's, like, he's, like, 21 or 22. That's crazy. Yeah, like, he's, he's, he's crazy. So, like, it was inspired by him and, like, basically just what it means to have people look up to you, especially when you're different, too. Like, when you're an outcast or when you're, like, not what society, what is normally seen in society, I mean. And so, like, even some of the photos were synonymous with each other. Like, 
if Mason was holding his hand in a certain way, like the other three kids would like kind of like copy the right the exact same pose. I was wondering about the posing, and that's yeah. really interesting. So it's about like having leadership. And, yeah, exactly. And somebody like leading, the le- leading leader. the youth below, exactly. below them and guiding them. That's yeah, and almost like the way that they have their hands almost are like arrows, kind of pointing exactly. people in the right direction. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I would I. I'm glad we chatted about that because I would have never known. And hopefully, you know, everybody listening kind of picks up on that now when they hopefully. see the images. When you're talking about all these all these people that are kind of like making waves and like, uh, despite you hating the word, like the, alt- yeah. you know, the alternative community, this like youth generation, do they kind of feel the fact that they have global eyes on them right now? Like, is there like a sense that it's about to pop off over there? Like, Definitely. yeah, like, because I, I saw, you know, like when ID did that feature um on motherland the skate shop there yeah. and they tyler mitchell who just shot the vogue cover like mm-hmm. two months before or whatever did that shoot i was like wow like this is really happening definitely it's like i'd been hearing the buzz about legos and then like that happened i was like oh like it's really about to happen and like i'm just wondering if the kids who are part of this scene like are feeling that like they know it's happening or are they kind of like living in um not naivety but like yeah. like they don't like they don't even realize it i feel like definitely everyone that's a creative and back home and working on stuff like i feel like the energy is just there like everyone feels like everyone feels a wave that's coming and that's going on right now and there must be like a lot of op- feeling like a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of opportunity i mean there's opportunities, but not, 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 still not enough. Like right. all the people back home doing stuff, definitely everyone is aware of like the Western gays and all the eyes that are on Africa right now. But I feel like at the same time, when you're in it and like when you're part of it, you might not like really get to see how much is going on, just the scale of what's happening. But like definitely there is a lot going on. And there is a lot that will be going on in the future. And I feel like a lot of people are aware of that and trying to find out like the best way to like take the opportunities that are available. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, like to me, living in the Western world, like the art from Africa, or, like the creativity from Africa that I've been presented with in my life, in the museums that I've been to here in North America, mm-hmm. show a very sort of homogenous type of art. Uh, when it comes to Africa and it's like I know that it's not representative of the way that people create especially mm-hmm. in this century you know like it's it's all much older work and it's really interesting to me now to be seeing African creatives being put on the world stage in a way that's like not the antiquated way of presenting it which is like this you know sculptural Sculpture, patterns yeah. textile Definitely actually seeing that like yo there's a skate crew who's like making skate videos and making bootleg mm-hmm. tees and stuff Definitely. and like that is like such a different form of creativity that like most people in the west don't associate with africa so like for me it's like a really eye-opening experience to like learn about that and see you know see another side yeah. of like the creative community of africa so that's really cool we mentioned tyler mitchell shooting the vogue cover i just want to get your your kind of thoughts on that like obviously first black yeah photographer to shoot a Vogue cover, 23 years old, not far off your age. Just wondering like if you ever had aspirations like that, if you still have aspirations like that, like what you're kind of thinking about next. I mean, he sort of set a precedent um, mm-hmm. and broke down a wall with that shoot. And it's it's really incredible to see, obviously. Definitely. And I'm just wondering from your perspective, what you think that door opening means 
for young black creatives and, and young people, not just black, but pe- mm-hmm. all people of color yeah. as that wall con- comes tumbling down. Yeah, definitely. Like Tyler is great. I'm a big fan. I actually, when he, he was in Toronto like two years ago and I went to free agency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out free. <laughs> I went to free agency to hear him speak. That was really cool. In terms of my personal goals and aspirations i want to like there are a lot of young black photographers and directors and stylists and young people of color in general doing a lot of cool things in the creative industry right now and i feel like i just want to kind of follow in their footsteps and try my best to do what i can to add something that hopefully will be remembered in the future years to come you know you're young yeah enough to uh to have some time to, to, to cement that legacy exactly. i think i have one last question for you isabel Ooh. and this is something uh that i've thought a lot about traveling around the world with vitaly it's been amazing to do that there is a, a sense when you leave somewhere come back that you see it with new eyes sometimes and i was just wondering a lot of your photos of lagos they feel almost like a love letter to the city and i was just wondering if you would take photos the same way if you had never left or if you think leaving was actually what opened up your eyes to it. That's interesting. I definitely feel like me leaving Lagos and moving to Toronto definitely changed the way I feel or the way I see things. For one, I guess I just appreciate like the beauty and the vibrancy of everything. And I guess also just because I've grown older since I left, like I started to see things different from when I was younger. Like I started to see the impact of culture, identity, and just how those elements can reflect in my work. So I definitely feel like me leaving Nigeria changed the way I photograph it. It's funny that you mentioned it feels like a love letter because I have this series called Holding On To Home and it was actually sort of like a love letter And it's a collection of like random photos that like each in their own way add a piece to what it means to exist in Lagos. I feel like the way I photograph Lagos now is how I would want to look back at it when I'm older and like show my kids like this is where I grew up and this is how beautiful it was. And hopefully it still will be that beautiful. Hopefully, even more beautiful. Yeah. We, we hope. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Isabel. This has been really cool and, and really thank enlightening in our first episode. So, um, you know, we got off to a good start, I think. And I look forward to seeing what other work you create this year and thank in you. the many years to come. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me.